priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. So, Lord Jesus, I pray for Steve. Would you be would you be speaking through him now? Lord, would you be putting your Holy Spirit in each of our hearts? Would you be helping us to hear your word? Would you help us to be learning from it, to be growing from it and for loving you more? Amen. 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 Thank you so much. I'm just going to test my screen sharing ability. Here we go. Let's just see if this works. Stick that up on PowerPoint. We've all got that. Um, just whilst I do my intro, I thought I'd give you a little joke to, to laugh at. Um, thank you so much for inviting me to come and speak today. It's an absolute privilege to be. I wish I was with you in the school in Alton, but I'm here on, on uh, Zoom in, instead. And it's a first for both of us because this is my first time talking on Zoom. So uh, great to have that experience. And um, I just before I start launching it into it, I just want to take a second to honour your leaders. I know a number of them really well. They're like uh, brothers to me and I love them very much. And so I just want to say, uh, honour them, bless them, pray for them, uh, intercede for them because they are amazing people and you're very blessed to have them. Now, last week I did a bit of research and listened to Neil's talk last week. It was really good. Um, and he spoke about holy identity, didn't he? He, see, he? The core message that he gave last week was one that uh, we're called to purity. We're called to purity. Jesus' blood is more pure than the purest gold, he said, more potent and more powerful to set us free from the ultimate, ultimate virus, sin. And I think that's a, that's a, a classic message we can get hold of. And, uh, and, and then he went on to say, he challenged us to see beyond our circumstances by looking at the gospel message. And I just want to pick up on those two themes that, that he, he sort of started unpacking. Um, uh, as, as we go on this morning. Um, but isn't it funny, the things you miss, I don't know what you're missing this morning by not actually um, being meeting together. I, you know, Each of us will miss something different about our church family, physically giving people a hug, maybe high-fiving the kids, or whatever it might be you're missing. I'll tell you what I'm missing this morning. I'm missing Thomas. I'm missing Thomas. He's a absolutely gorgeous five-year-old in our church who, um, <laughs> sorry, I've got a little visitor under the outside the door <laughs> she suddenly realized where I am in the house um <laughs> anyway I'm missing Thomas I'm missing Eden as well and she's missing me and he's a little five-year-old with Down syndrome and he and I play together at the back of the service most weeks and we uh, we dance together we we usually usually throw him around a bit he loves that and we usually end up getting very dizzy and falling on the floor um, but that's that's um that's Thomas for you and one of the things he loves to do is just run to the front. He'll run to the front as, any, as, as fast as he can. And he loves to strum the guitar during worship, which obviously isn't very helpful for the worship leader. Uh, and what he also likes to do is hop onto the cajon, which is this box drum. We've got a box drum at church. And so somebody sits on it and taps away. And he loves to just get on the drummer's lap and tap away at the drum. And... Um, and then I was thinking about that as I was reflecting on what I'm going to miss about not being at church on Sunday. I thought, well, 
we all like to beat our own drums about certain things. Sometimes it's in church, we'll beat our drum about something. Sometimes it's in the workplace or with family, we'll have something that we want to beat on about. And it's no different with Peter, uh, which is interesting, isn't it? It's no different with Peter. So I wanted to just highlight very quickly, before we dive into the passage that we're about to read, I really want to dive into chapter one. So if you've got your Bibles handy, I'm not actually going to put the words Oh, hang on a second. I'll just stop sharing my screen. You've, you've enjoyed that joke now. There you go. If you're going to full screen me, you can do. Um, although I wouldn't recommend it. I think there's much nicer things to look at. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not actually going to highlight the words from 1 Peter. Um, so if you could grab your Bibles, your physical Bibles, I can give you a minute to do that while still. Or you can maybe just listen to me, turn me up loud. Um, because I, I, I just want to camp out in 1, and two, 1 Peter uh, 1 and 2. For a few minutes and it's helpful if you just follow along in your bibles rather than having to look on the screen uh, i've got a couple of other passages we'll dive into separately which i'll show you on the screen but if you can just open the open your bibles to 1 peter chapter 1 and chapter 2 and as i read this because chapter 2 obviously has the history of the whole of the first chapter there and i thought what is it that that uh, peter's driving at because unfortunately he starts chapter 2 with a therefore which means i can't get away with it i can't just ignore what was before therefore rid yourselves and then he goes on to talk, talk about some other things so i just want to look back a little bit before we go forward and i know you've had two sermons or three sermons on this already so i'm not going to spend a long time but i just wanted to show you the drum that peter is beating if you just bear with me um one peter chapter one verses one to five he starts talking about the gospel doesn't he and so in verse three for example he says Praise be to God the and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He started with the gospel. What a great way to start a letter. We should all start our letters and conversations with the gospel. And then he goes, he goes off in verse, five, verse 6 to 9 with sort of suffering, joy through suffering. And so in verse 6, six for example, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may suffer grief in, uh, in all kinds of trials. So he talks about joy through suffering, joy and suffering. And then he goes on to his, his third thing, um, which is be self-controlled and obedient. So we had the gospel, we had suffering and joy in suffering, and be self-controlled, be obedient. And so verse 13 to 16, for example, uh, I'm just going to read um, verse 14 for you. Uh, As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you to be holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And that's a quote from Leviticus where God was talking to the people of Israel. And so here this command that was in the Old Testament, be holy because I am holy. Here again is repeated in the New Testament, be holy because I am holy. And I remember as a kid, as a youngster, I used to think, that's really unfair. I'm not God. I can't be holy like you. And I gave myself a ticket out of it. But I don't, I don't believe we can do that so easily. I think we need, to, we, we need to take that really seriously. So there we have with the gospel. We have the self-controlled, be obedient. And then back in, and then into 18, he jumps back to the gospel again. So in verse 18, um, he says, For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed but, uh, from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or defect. And again, we're back in the gospel. And you'll never guess what he's talking about next. He's beating this drum, isn't he? You've got the gospel. You've got be self-controlled. You've got the gospel. And then in verse 22, be self-controlled. 
and obedience. So verse 22, he says, um, uh, now that you have been purif purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. So again, it's talking about obeying the truth. And then, and then he jumps back to, guess what he jumps back to? The gospel. Oh, hang on a second. What have I got here? Uh, I didn't want to do that. He jumps back to the gospel in verse 23, straight after. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So he's back at the gospel. And it's from that basis, he says, therefore, therefore, this is be self-controlled and obedient. Here we go. Do you hear it? Are you hearing this drum he's beating? Give me a thumbs up if you can hear this drum that Peter's beating. It's the gospel. It's be self-controlled and obedient. The gospel, be self-controlled and obedient. So here we go. We got, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, of all deceit, hypocrisies, envy, slander of every kind. So there it is again. And you'll never guess what he keeps talking about. Verses four to 10. Sorry about this. I hope it's not boring you. I want to really hammer this home. Verse four, it's back at the gospel. It's the gospel in the church this time. And in verse four, he says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. Do you hear it? It's the gospel. It's a brilliant news. He couldn't lay it on any thicker than he is. And then in verse 11 to 12, those last two verses of the passages we read, we're back again at being self-controlled and obedient. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Wow, what an intro. And, and it's on that basis that, 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 we, that, that we move forward. And in fact, I could have shared the, the little PowerPoint I had for you there, but I didn't. Um, here we go. What's, what have I got here? Um, okay. Okay. And then the rest of 1 Peter, let me just put that on screen. Christian life for dummies, 1 Peter. So <laughs> it's slightly doctored this image. So uh, I do apologize. You won't find this book online. If you're looking for Christian life for dummies, you won't find it available. Just open 1 Peter and re read it through front to back. And what he does is he builds a basis in the, in the first chapter and a half of the gospel and of obedience. And then from next week onwards, you're going to be looking at how do you do this? And so in verse 12 of, of 1 Peter 2, he says, conduct yourselves honorably among the gentles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. And the beauty of 1 Peter is he's written a really, really practical how-to of how we can do that, how we can honor, how we can live such honorable lives that, that they glorify our Father in heaven on the day he visits them. And so that's the rest of the book. So I just wanted to, to, to put what, what we're talking about today, just in context of what we've, what we've heard before and what's to come. It's, it's this life that we're going to live well for the kingdom and for the gospel. So that's that. Great. And what I want to draw out from this, this, week's, um, this week's passage is four pictures for you. I've got four different pictures just to help you get a grasp of what, what he's talking about. I'm sorry, it's, it's going to be a little bit jumping around, but um, I, just bear with me. We're just going to look at four pictures and it won't, it won't be long, long for each one, but it's, it's what I've got. So um, here we go. And picture one is in verse one of chapter two. So if we read that again, therefore, rid yourself of all malice, of all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. And for me, the picture, the first picture is one of cleanliness, of a spring clean, okay? So the, so the first picture is a spring clean. We wanna get rid of those things of all kinds. 
Uh, and he's repeating himself really from chapter 1 verse 22 where he says obey the truth so that you have sincere love for each other love one another deeply from the heart so there's something about the, the spring cleaning our hearts and lives leads to a love for one another so let's let's just dwell in that a second he's calling us to purity do you hear that call and he's call, calling us to right living uh, if you remember the verse in chapter one be holy because i am holy And, and I just wanted to highlight something that Paul said in Galatians. In Galatians 5, he said to walk by the Spirit. And so he's talking here, Galatians 5, 16. He's talking about walking by the Spirit. And then in, down in verse 19, he's, he's contrasting the walking by the Spirit and gratifying the desires of the flesh. And, so, flesh. and he goes into a little bit more detail than Peter does. Paul's much more interested in sort of what the flesh might, might offer us. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So here Paul is contrasting life by the spirit and life in the desires of the flesh. But look, you know what's coming next. I know you do. Galatians 5 verse 22. Um, and I just want to say, before I read this, memorize these. If you don't know these nine fruit of the Spirit off by heart, please memorize them. Let me urge you. There's one thing you're going to do today, this week. Learn what are these nine things of the, the Spirit? What are the nine fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And, and I, I love these, and I've been using them a lot more recently in my, uh, when I'm talking to people who aren't Christians. Um, because something that, that somebody said to me once who wasn't a Christian, oh, you know, I, I read it somewhere, oh, I hate what Christianity stands for. And I just feel like we can challenge people very gently and lovingly by saying, okay, well, of these nine things, what is it you hate so much? <laughs> Which one do you hate? You know, just, just show me one you really hate. And, um, and actually, ask, you know, asking people, if everybody in the globe behaved with these nine things on display, what would it be like? And I would suggest it would be like heaven. It is like heaven if we all are filled with fruits of the Spirit. So what I want to encourage you is this cleanliness, this first picture of cleanliness and spring cleaning is not to be done on your own. It's not something we can work ourselves up to. We don't be obedient and, um, and, and self-controlled on our own strength. We actually have to submit ourselves before God and ask his spirit to come and fill us. Ask his spirit to give us the, the things on that list that you might feel, actually, I'm, I'm perhaps lacking this at the moment. So maybe that's an action point for you later on today is to say, Lord, which of those am I lacking? Am I la lacking kindness at the moment? Am I lacking patience am i lacking self-control so ask the lord and he will be with you always he's calling us to get our hearts right get our hearts right and the second thing i want to talk about am i putting that over there is purity and craving pure input so let me just turn this screen share off a second so 
the second picture is one of craving pure input. And it's, it's literally verse two. You, you'll be glad to know, I'm not going to work through this verse by verse, so, but it's just the way this is working out for me. So, uh, verse two, it says, like, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted the Lord is good. And, and I, I just find that fascinating. A newborn baby, and we've just had one in the house, can only drink milk it can only drink milk anything else is bad for it actually but also it really craves it as well because it's because it's all it eats if it's hungry you know about it you're going to wake up in the night you're not going to be able to rest or sleep until you've fed that baby and so I think I, what I see this is the right diet for us as Christians and what he's what he's implying there is the word of God so so that you might grow up in your salvation so that there's a therefore another therefore in the second verse so that and that's lovely thing about scripture isn't it it doesn't just tell us to obey it doesn't just tell us do this it says do this because do this so that do this therefore and 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 so let's hear that um therefore uh you may grow up in your salvation and i just want to take us to 2 timothy um 2 timothy 3 16 and 17 uh, and I promised I would share it. So let's just have a quick look on here. There we go. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And, and this, this word that was spoken is mentioned at the end of 1 Peter 1 as well. And this word that was preached to you, so it's talking about the gospel. And so when it says craves pure spiritual milk he's talking about the gospel he's talking about the purity of the word of god and i, I can't tell you strongly enough all scripture is god breathed and my little meme at the start which is you know they say you know the bible doesn't tell us everything and i say well actually wash your hands you sinners there we go it is it's useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness uh, so that you might be thoroughly equipped for every good work so again it's talking about maturity it's talking about coming to maturity through using scripture but i guess the big question with this is craving the right right input pure input the right diet the question is what are you filling your hearts with is it good or is it god is it god stuff and i think the, the older i'm getting now 44 the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing actually scripture speaks into my daily life. Scripture creeps right into my, my life and my heart. It is what I need for nourishment. It's what I need so that I have something to give to other people. So please fill your hearts right. So in the first, in the first um, picture, we're talking about cleanliness and spring cleaning and getting our hearts right. And in the second picture, we're talking about filling our hearts right. God's what got the right diet for us in the word of God. So get into the word of God this year. Fill your hearts with his word because it's got everything you need to grow into maturity. And the third picture, the third picture here is a glorious building and a glorious temple. So verse five here, I just want to read it out. Come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. And I love that. We're being built into, into a spiritual house offering spiritual sacrifices. And it's this 
picture of the temple, isn't it? A place where, where the sacrifices are made and, and Jesus being the ultimate high priest, but we are also being called to um, bring a sacrifice to God. And if I didn't quote Romans 12 at this point, I'd probably get shot uh, by Paul Cheeseman, if no one else. So let me just quote Romans 12 before Paul gets hold of me. <laughs> so um, here we are. Here we are. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer, guess what? Your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, perfect and pleasing will. And so you're offering up your bodies as a sacrifice, as that spiritual sacrifice, as he said, you know, uh, offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God. So that's what it is. If you were wondering, well, Lord, what sacrifice are you looking for? God would say to you, give me your bodies as a living sacrifice. Give me your body as a living, living sacrifice. Live for me. And Jesus said something very, very, very similar. If we want to jump to it, uh, uh, these are difficult verses and I, I appreciate this is not easy this is not easy and I, I just want to say it's a really I hope you're finding it challenging because I found it really really challenging preparing this because Jesus said something similar uh, and he's just been talking about who they say I am he's been talking to his disciples and his disciples were like well he, he said who do, who do you say I am and Peter pipes up and says you're the messiah you're the messiah and Jesus says, great, now don't tell anyone. And then he says this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. And so it's he, he's challenging us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. It's, a, it's echoing, well, Paul is echoing his words when he talks about us uh, giving up our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And I guess the question I have for you is, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? Because it talks about Jesus being a, a cornerstone, a chief cornerstone of our lives and and with a cornerstone the thing about the cornerstone in the old days was where they laid that cornerstone that was the first one to go down and everything else in the building aligned to it they could get right angles and they could get straight lines so they laid the cornerstone and they got the they got the building aligned to that chief cornerstone i'm going to come on and talk about the, the stones in a minute i'm not going to ignore that bit But where are we misaligned? Where are we misaligned? He's calling us to obedience. He's calling us to sacrifice. And he's calling us to deny ourselves and take up our cross. And that's a tough message for the Western church. Um, because we like our comfort. And we like everything to be comfortable. And I'm talking about myself now. I'm sure you guys are all much more spiritual and holy than I am. But it's not easy saying okay god i'm gonna i'm gonna align myself with you i'm gonna take up my cross and follow you and there is a reference here to stumbling stones and stumbling blocks and that that is people who do not believe verse seven and people who disobey the message verse eight 
And ultimately what happens is it causes men to fall. Causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. So let's not be stumbling people. Let's be fixing our eyes on Jesus and aligned to his word and his beauty. So the first point was cleanliness. He's calling us to cleanliness to, to get our hearts right. The second picture was craving pure input and a, a, a right diet, spiritual diet, and to fill our hearts right. And this third picture of a spiritual temple, a glorious building with a cornerstone that he's calling us to align our hearts to, get our hearts right, get aligned, aligned to the chief cornerstone that is Jesus. And the fourth picture, very quickly, because I know I'm out of time now, so do apologize for that, for all of you who, who are desperate to see the back of me. The fourth picture, I, I've just got, uh, if you've got it on speaker view, can I just ask you to change it to gallery view with all the little pictures, please, just for this last point. Uh, if you can just spend a second just to get it with all the pictures of all the church. And I've got two whole pages worth of pictures here of beautiful people from Alton Baptist Church. So do feel free just to spend a second just looking at those pictures, looking at those people. Um, and I think, it's, I think it, was, it was God's plan that we should have to do a Zoom meeting for this particular verse. So I, I just want to, as you look at the family of God that he's placed you in, I just want you to enjoy that view for a second, okay, whilst I read this verse over you, okay? Just, just put, it, put yourself into a place of meditating on God and enjoying your family. And I'm just going to read this over you, really. Um... Father, and as I read this, Lord, I just pray that you would come and bless your children, that you would come and do something in our hearts that make us warm to one another and warm to you. Help us to understand our identity in you now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. So enjoy the picture of one another as I read this to you. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That, that, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now, hallelujah, you have received mercy. Look at those amazing people that you built in this lovely, amazing temple, amazing kingdom picture here of all these lovely faces that are a people of god you have received mercy you have received mercy so how do you see yourself i believe this fourth picture is a picture of identity how do you see yourself because if you see yourself on your own it's not the picture of the gospel it's not the picture of the kingdom look at these tiles look at these bricks look at these amazing bricks that are built and aligned to the chief cornerstone of jesus this is who you are you're part of this family you're part of this community and it goes beyond just the the sort of 46 cameras we've got as part of the this meeting it goes way beyond that it goes across the globe and we're built together as a holy people as a royal priesthood, sacrificing ourselves every day 
to Jesus, our chief cornerstone. And this final picture is about us getting our identity right. It's getting our identity right. You're called to be aligned to Jesus as a family, as a community. And then the final point is a bit of an action point for future reference, really. And, and it's just a, a thing of, okay, well, this, this really is, is, is the crescendo of the first chapter and a half, really, these last two verses, uh, 11 and 12 of chapter 2. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives amongst the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us, on the day he visits you. And I don't believe that's just referring to the final day. I believe there's a day that he will come and he will come in power to reveal himself in greater, greater glory as we align ourselves more and more with him. And on that day, all our friends and neighbours and family members and people in the clubs and the pubs that we've spoken to, people in the shops that we've prayed for and ministered to for years, will start to say, wow, is this the God they were talking about? All those seeds that have been sown in, in lives that you love coming to fruition and uh, and i believe they will see the king of kings and lord of lords revealed in his majesty so father i just want to thank you for your message of the gospel thank you for the good news of jesus emmanuel god with us came to be obedient servants came to serve and to wash the feet of sinners came to serve and to die and then raised in glory. Thank you that you're calling us into that marvellous story. You're calling us into that gospel message. You're calling us into a new and right relationship with you. Thank you that you're giving us a new identity, building us as living stones in this amazing new temple. Thank you, Lord, for Alton Baptist Church and for making my brothers and sisters a chosen people and a royal priesthood and a holy nation and a people belonging to you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And so, Father, just as I close, Father, would you send us out in these days to hurting, vulnerable, frightened and broken people around us who need you? Lord, and help us to know how to do that. Help us to know how to connect with people, Lord. And it's not straightforward and it's not just as simple as meeting people like we used to. So, Father, I pray you would give us new strategies and new ideas of how we can reach out. Help us to serve and honour your name. Amen. Thank you. Thanks so much, Steve. That is such a, a powerful message for us um, for us today. And uh, you know, just watching all the chat messages coming in as everyone's listening to it, and uh, uh, I think you know that's, it's resonating with a, a lot of people. So, so uh, thank you for that, and amen to to what you've said. Um, we're going to lead straight from that into singing in Christ alone. This one's going to be uh, via a video, um, which Paul's just going to load for us now. And we can sing together.
So let, let, us, let us pray um, for a moment. Lord, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for that message. Thank you for what Steve has brought to us today um, from you. Thank you for a reminder that we are in you alone. Uh, Lord, we ask you, would you be bringing out the fruits of the spirit in our lives? Would you be helping us to fill ourselves with the right diet that would be filling our hearts with your word? The word which teaches us and rebukes us and corrects us. Lord, would you be helping us to, to know what it means to, to uh, give our bodies as a living sacrifice? And Lord, would you help us to see ourselves in this glorious identity we have of the Church of Christ? Lord, so this glorious picture on the screen in front of us, all these, all these families, all these people, all these believers, all these uh, lovely uh, fellow believers in the in the family of Christ, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we're not alone. And we ask you that you would help us uh, to not be trying to live it alone, but that actually we'd be knowing our place in your body and in your people. And thank you more than anything, Lord Jesus, that you will return and that you will return in power. And would you help us to fix our eyes on that, Lord Jesus, particularly as we live through a time of uncertainty, particularly as we live through a time of change. Lord Jesus, please, we ask you, would you help us to fix our eyes on the fact that you're going to return? And we ask you, Lord Jesus, would you come back? We ask you, Lord, we don't know when you're coming, but we look forward to that day, Lord, when you come back and you pick us up in your arms. Lord, would you help us to hold that picture of in Christ alone, in you alone, of you the one who's going to return. You're the one who's living here and now in your spirit. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, would you be pushing your spirit out into each of our hearts? Would you be inspiring us and encouraging us? Amen. I just want to um, share with you um, just my um, my screen here, just for some of the things you you could be praying for, particularly um, uh, this week. I ask you perhaps you'd be praying for the National Day of Prayer, to, which is today at seven o'clock. I don't know if you've seen that in the news or, or in your many whatsapp groups pray for those of our in our church who are actually uh, on their way home to the uk at the moment for david and sharon and mary for those in self-isolation which may be many of us uh, on this screen um it's it's a strange place to be um but let's let's be praying for each of us here for those who are ill so malcolm is in hospital um with a with a broken arm and we do pray for him first of all we pray for protection on him in in hospital uh, and we pray for a quick healing for him uh, and then also the in the bigger picture for uh, all the nhs and all the other services supporting us and for those making decisions about keeping us safe so let's just spend a couple of minutes now just quietly where you are perhaps we could just be praying uh, in our in our homes uh, for these few points
So, Lord Jesus, we, we lift all those prayers to you, all those people who have been praying, praying along these lines. We lift all those things to you, Lord, and we entrust them to your hands. Uh, we entrust ourselves to your hands and we ask you to be to be hearing those prayers. And we ask you, we're looking forward to your responses to those. And we uh, yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can meet together and we can still pray and we can still lift these things to you. Amen. So um, one slightly maybe uh, different different tack now. Um, it is actually still birthday season, and we have um, in in the midst we do have a a young lad whose birthday it is today. So I wanted to uh, say to um, uh, Sam Plimmer, happy birthday! And I've got a little happy birthday song for you here because, um, of course, we can't um, uh, sing it to you ourselves. I just need to share my oh you can hear that i think can you is it playing oh it's because i've got the mute on silly me there we go we'll go back to the beginning sam this is all for you i don't know if we can see sam in the plimmer household anywhere the second verses of that verse. Oh, well, it's coming itself. 